0: Okay, so tonight, Demon Slayer podcast. I think this is probably the largest Christian video podcast that's ever been done. I don't know. I've never seen eight people all on the podcast at once. We're very excited. What we thought we'd do to start it out is we'll start with apostle alexander pagani he will tell you a little bit about himself and then we'll go from him to me to jenny to julie to mike to vlad to Rickard to daniel we'll just go like kind of down the list here and tell you guys a little bit about us we'll talk about what god is doing this deliverance outpouring and then we'll be doing q a so we have a ton of questions that came in through instagram all related to deliverance and we will be giving you our take on some of the hottest deliverance questions that maybe you haven't been able to find answers to so apostle pagani take it away man
1: blessings everyone this is alexander pagani um lead pastor of amazing church located here in new york city um i entered into the deliverance ministry many years ago by preaching against it i was a pentecostal (laughs) pastor and i don't know how that worked but pentecostal and i was against the ministry of deliverance and in my quest and campaign against the ministry of deliverance i ended up embracing the ministry of deliverance so here i am many years later One of the leading voices of deliverance and i'm honored uh, to be part of this particular broadcast so amen looking forward to tonight
0: i love it my name is isaiah Saldivar, and i do live stream like all the time i post like five videos a day i was an atheist 12 years ago i got radically saved i pastored a church for almost 10 years and now i'm involved in a local church out here that i preach at regularly that i absolutely love what god is doing there and i travel like once a month, sometimes more, sometimes less throughout the country, preaching revival, deliverance, holiness, and uh, man, I'm just excited to be a part of this, to be a part of around all these great men and women of God, to see deliverance become mainstream, to re- to get the body of Christ to understand that deliverance is the children's bread, that this is for the church, this is for the followers of Jesus, that we love deliverance because we love Jesus, and when you love somebody, you love what they do. So that's who I am. Uh, yeah, my channel, all that is there. All of our names are on screen. So, all right, Jenny, go for it.
2: Hello, everybody. I'm Jenny Weaver, and I am, first and foremost, a servant of the Lord. I'm a worshiper. I'm a wife. I'm a mom. And God radically saved me from being homeless, being a witch, being on drugs, in and out of jails. You guys probably have heard my testimony, cutting my wrist, all kinds of stuff. Nine years of being out on the streets and just being buck wild, and God radically saved me turned my life around, and now my life's mission is to pull people out of that same darkness that God pulled me out of, and just to serve my father. I am the leader and founder of The Core Group. Come on, Core Group in the house. Come on. And uh, we are 6,800 plus women strong. What? In my mentorship, yeah, 6,800 women strong. We grow about 100 or so uh, ladies every single week. And my husband just launched Core Men, and he already has 1,300 men that he is disciples. It is powerful. We are in revival. It is a true movement of God. People are getting saved, sanctified, delivered. They're going out by the thousands into the streets, and we're evangelizing, and we're seeing the lost saved. So that's me, and I'm happy to be on. I'm honored to be on with such incredible men and women of God, uh, heroes in the deliverance world, just incredible. So that's me
0: you got a lot of core group in the house. Awesome. I love it. All right, Julie Lopez, go for it.
2: Hello, everyone.
3: First of all, thank you so much for having me here tonight. It's an honor. It's a pleasure. So my name is Julie Lopez. I recently moved. From the UK to Colombia, South America, I came here with a mission of restoring the Isaacs generation in Latin America, which is um, train and raise up seven thousand apostles and prophets across this land. Um, So yeah, I was radically saved. Also, like Jenny from the occultism, uh, thirteen years ago, uh, I gave my life to Christ and. It's curious because for many years the Lord didn't allow me to step into a spiritual warfare or deliverance or casting out demons, but first he taught me uh, for many years intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Um, so yeah, this is me. Thank you guys. <laughs>
0: awesome. Love it. Go ahead, Mike.
4: Hey, hey, everybody. My name is Mike Signorelli and I am first and foremost a father. The internet affectionately dubbed me Papa Sigs, despite how many times I said, don't call me that, it's weird. But they kept calling me Papa Sigs. There's, um, you know, anyways, and I just recently trained over 6,000 people globally in the fundamentals of deliverance, prophecy, and evangelism, and we got some breakers representing tonight. Uh, according to Enjoy, which is a John Maxwell company, my church, V1 Church, hit fastest growing Church in America category the last four years, and we broke every record they've ever had, and we're doing that despite the fact that we're casting out demons and not following any of the rules of American Evangelical Church, which I'm proud of. Matter of fact, I've been casting out demons since the late 90s, and my number one prayer has always been fruit that remains. And Mm -hmm. so uh, it's honored to be on this broadcast and Um, to be among these legends tonight's gonna be off the charts if you guys haven't shared subscribed, followed everybody in this chat go ahead and do that now and um, chains are gonna break tonight this is gonna be amazing awesome Mm.
5: go for it Vlad my name is Vlad I am from Washington State Tri-Cities Washington Um, I'm a pastor of Hungry Gen or Hungry Generation Church and um it's a young vibrant church we have embraced deliverance about i would say seven eight years ago when it became part of culture building Uh, before that my uncle started the church and he is my pastor Um, he pretty much called the calling of god in me when i was about 13. he put me as a youth pastor at 16 so i was 14 years as a youth pastor and then last six years as the lead pastor and we also have Deliverance as part of the culture. Not just the Deliverance event, but it's really became a culture at Hungry Generation. And so I'm really honored to be here and I am excited to have uh, a brotherhood and a sisterhood just with this Ministry of Deliverance because in the beginning when we started, uh, this was very lonely. Um, A lot of criticism that came in, a lot of misunderstanding, being called with names. And now I feel like uh, we got a uh, we got a gang, and so it's really exciting. So I'm just I'm just really happy. Being this weekend and what happened at Daniel Adams has just
6: strengthened even that bond. And so I'm glad to be here.
0: Awesome. Go ahead, Rickard.
6: Yeah. Hey everyone. My name is Ricard. Uh, I'm part of Pastor Vlad's team, uh, associate pastor over at Hungry Generation in Pasco, Washington. Uh, originally, I'm Swedish. Uh, if you're watching us from Europe right now. Just, you know, be patient. Deliverance is happening in the U.S., on. but we're coming to Europe, too, guys. This is not uh, something wow. that belongs only to America. This is coming wow. to Europe, too. I've got Europe in my heart, of course, uh, and Africa, too, for that matter. But they've had deliverance for a long time. Uh, I, I learned basically everything I know about deliverance from Prophet T.B. Joshua, which I lived as a disciple to for about 10 years. Um, and, uh, yeah, just doing the work out there. um casting out demons and preaching the good news of Jesus Christ to the four corners of the world. And I'm super excited and honored. I mean, I'm the least here and I'm really honored to be among such giants. Thank you so much, Isaiah and all of you for giving me the opportunity to be here today.
0: We love you, man. And you're definitely not the least, especially when it comes to casting out devils. I learned from you. I'm like, I got to watch his videos and learn how to do this. Uh, Daniel Adams, go for it, man. Last but not least. And then we'll talk about the event you just had as well.
7: So I'm going to take that title from Rick Hart, and I'm going to go down and say the least right here. No, <laughs> man,
0: no way. But
7: anyway, yes. But anyway, um, yeah, my name is Daniel Adams. Sorry, guys, my voice is still not 100%, but um, I am the founder of The Supernatural Life, which is a movement across the world right now, actually. Thousands of forerunners globally. We have three churches under us. Um, evangelists, we're we're actually, we're a five-fold movement. We believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. We believe that Mm -hmm. every believer, this is the culture of what we're building, that every believer is supposed to walk in the supernatural power of God. So we're trying to shift the culture in that way, that everybody that is a part of this ministry, one of the requirements is to walk in godly character and to walk in supernatural power. But God called me in 2011 through a dream. I actually had a visitation from Jesus Christ as he was returning. It looked like he was returning to earth in the dream. That's what launched me. And then uh, I was a cage fighter at the time, and I put that all away. And in 2013, I became a personal trainer, and demons started to get delivered from the clients I was training. And uh, yeah, that's how I got launched into deliverance ministry. I was under a deliverance pastor for a little while, and then all of a sudden, the anointing got on me, and it started to follow me into the gym until I got kicked out and pushed into full-time ministry in 2013 also i give a shout right. out to people like tb joshua too because i i learned and gleaned so much on the internet from him by faith so it's really it's an honor honestly to be amongst all of you guys and to be a part of this podcast and like uh what i think it was what vlad said the brotherhood the sisterhood of what's here it, you can't make this stuff up you know so that's what it is that's what it is that's who I, I, I
0: love it this is so unique what we have that we found our tribe that we're pushing this ministry forward there's 7200 people on we want to break 10,000 tonight guys that would be historic so if you would continue to share and like the video don't log off <laughs> if you get off you're not gonna be able to help us reach 10,000 that's gonna help us reach 10,000 so we all just got back from a deliverance conference that Daniel Adams it was a forerunners conference but it was really turned into a deliverance conference that Daniel Adams put on I just wanted to touch on this and then Daniel you can kind of tell us the heart of the event how it started then we could all maybe Given experience or what we thought about the event. In my opinion, I think we'd all agree, it was a historic event for deliverance ministry. We were talking about how in the last 10 or 15 years, we can't think of an event where 5,000 people came in person. To come experience the powerful tangible presence of god and what i told daniel was for so many years deliverance has been this fringe movement that like the church and Mm. pastors have said oh you guys are like this small weird group that we kind of put in a back room but i believe that deliverance is coming out of the closet Mm. in america i believe that deliverance is the children's bread that the things that jesus did are starting to happen again and this is what it all boils down to people deserve to be free people yeah, deserve is like in Luke 13 where Jesus said Didn't, doesn't she deserve to be loosed like the religious people were mad about it but the people mm-hmm. deserved it so what I was thinking was at this conference with 5,000 people crying out to God what happens Daniel when these 5,000 people go back to their church and won't settle for deliverance isn't for today They won't settle for, oh, Jesus doesn't do deliverance anymore. They won't settle for pastors and leaders that tell them this was something that only happened in the book of Acts. But believers start saying, we want to see God move in power. We want to see the dead raised. We want to see the sick healed. We want to see demons cast out. And I think it's going to put pressure on leaders in the church to go back to scripture and say, wait a minute. This is in the gospels. This is in the Bible. How have we preached 52 times this year? Like as a pastor, you preach 52 times a year and you never preach on freedom and deliverance for your people. So this is really putting a pressure to where leaders, pastors, the American church is not going to have a choice to embrace the ministry Jesus did. Cause it's like, Hey, the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent take it by force. And I believe God, not us, but God's using us to bring this ministry back by force. By force, we're going to see deliverance. We're going to cry out for deliverance. So maybe, Daniel, touch on the event, what you thought. And it was historic. It was absolutely crazy. I really believe spiritually it marked the beginning of a new era and a a start of something. And then whoever wants to jump in can jump in as well.
7: Yeah, I mean, first of all, I didn't know it was going to end up like it was. I didn't plan that. You know, I remember I was talking to Isaiah, and I was like, hey, let's do a conference. He's like, sure, because we've been doing revivals together all over the place. And all of a sudden, Isaiah threw some some nuggets out there to some other guys, and we ended up with everybody, literally everybody, and even Jenny. Jenny, we did something in Orlando, and she said, I'm on. I'm on board. So, you know, it wasn't expected, but what I do know, it far exceeded my expectations mm-hmm. to see the hunger of the people. I mean, there was a hunger in that room uh, to to experience the tangible presence of Jesus and to experience the power of God and to see so many people. Here's what was really cool. See, so many people embrace deliverance in unity, one heart, one mind, one spirit. You don't see that. You usually, have your naysayers and stuff in the crowd. Th- if there was a naysayer there, they walked out the room. There's no way they could get away. Anybody in that room was was subject to being delivered. I, that's all I know. Come so on. it far ex- it far exceeded yeah. my expectations. Um we even I don't know if people know this though. We saw the deliverance, but Rickard can tell you too. And you guys, we saw people getting out of wheelchairs, we yes. saw deaf we saw deaf ears open. Pagani yeah. brought somebody he prayed for deaf ears open, blind eyes open. We didn't only see deliverance. We actually saw the mm-hmm. full gospel going on, especially in the special needs. So there is something special going on, and I believe what brought it really to where it is is we we weren't in competition. We weren't saying one is greater than another. We weren't fighting to see who could help get Come more on. stage time. I think I actually had the less stage time out of everybody. <laughs> I didn't even care. I just wanted to see Jesus Christ lifted up, the body of Christ equipped, and I wanted to see his spirit move, and that's exactly what happened. And uh, I think we're going to do it again next year in a greater way. So, glory to Jesus. Come on.
0: Awesome. Pagani, what did you think, man, of the year? Listen, Pagani, you've been preaching deliverance. Some of you have been preaching it for far longer and really going hard after it. Now that you see all of these people starting to embrace it, some people... I'm not going to mention names our haters they're like oh I was doing deliverance I don't want like as if deliverance is just for them but for all of us we're just like (laughs) the more pastors the more preachers the more Mm -hmm. people out there that are doing it less work for us I'm like man I would love to teach on something else like Lord let me teach on something else but what was your thoughts Pagani seeing all these pastors and leaders and we had a lot of even Mennonites there and then some Amish people there and some people from Mm -hmm. other denominations that were there and celebrities were were there some celebrities were there yeah they were getting freedom which was amazing
1: yeah I mean um, this was a bit historic for me personally uh, as uh, out on the field for maybe not for that long time but there was quite a number of years where it just it seemed like it was just out just us doing deliverance yeah. at least on social media aside from like TV Joshua and maybe Bob Larson it was just just us throwing our videos, taking all the bumps and bruises. I had actually considered moving on from deliverance saying, you know what, I'm done. You know, like, that's it. I'm out of here. You know what I'm saying? I'm just going to, I did what I did and I'm just leave my videos and move on. But this weekend um, was a strengthening. I think a strengthening and a affirmation and a reaffirming that our labor has not been in vain. And I'm sure that Every pioneer, or at least every uh, uh, reformer in the ministry of deliverance, received some strength. I think we all received some strength. We were rejuvenated. If anything, I was like, "Man, quitting? What? The devil is a liar, man. I'm gonna mm-hmm. take this all the way through." And I think that all of the pastors that were there, at least the some, the ones that I I, I had an opportunity to to speak with, they were all rejuvenated. They were all strengthened, and they they just kind of made that recommitment to just continue to set the captives free so it was it was at least historic for those of us in the clergy that have embraced you know because sometimes people say there's a lot of pastors that don't embrace it and that's true the the vast majority of evangelicalism doesn't embrace it but then there's a remnant of us that have Mm -hmm. have Mm -hmm. embraced it you know and we were strengthened this past weekend and it was it was absolutely phenomenal
0: so so awesome so good anyone else have any thoughts they want to touch
2: on for the conference i I
1: want to say something good yeah go Go okay
2: I feel like from the conference there was a line that was drawn in the sand and people have really crossed over to the point of really no return where you cannot go back to just sitting in church and high-fiving your neighbor and get a little gift in the lobby and then you go home totally demonized wanting to kill yourself and then you do that over and over. Those days are over. The churches, they're like awakening Mm -hmm. and they're going, oh my gosh. We need change back in ohio and we need change back in Idaho, and all these different places they're going back and they're going no we are standing for something that jesus himself in the word told us to do period point blank and we're not settling come on i'm not gonna settle and watch my Ooh. teenager in the room want to kill herself and not have the authority to go and cast that demon mm-hmm. up and out and so i think what people did they were excited it was amazing that we got to see this but also, it's a very sobering thing that happened when they left. They're going back to places and going, now we need change here. And I do believe, like whoever said, I don't remember who said it, but pastors are going to start to go, we either got to get on board, or we going to get left behind.
5: Come on. I love it. Mm-hmm. I think also um, what I've seen is that the Lord is raising up in this hour right now, almost like this Jehu generation. Come on. where if you remember what happened with Jehu uh the previous guys before him who were powerful men of god prophets um but they 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 ran from Jezebel come on vlad but Jezebel was confronted by Jehu, Jehu and then he brought her down and I think that there has been men and women of God who came before us, apostles and prophets and evangelists, and who were mighty. And but the highlight of deliverance has not been embraced mm-hmm. mainstream in America like, like it's being embraced by the young leaders that we see today. And it almost feels like people are labeling this as a weird one, weird ones, but Jehu was wild one. He, on, was yeah, on, he was wild. The Bible says that he was riding his donkey like a mm. madman, And so, and I sense that this is like, even if I look at you guys today mm. and I look at what was happening at this conference, like you can't say that this was pretty, it, but it was wild. It was wild. It wasn't weird, but it was wild. You know, the devil has been defeated. Demons were cast out and God's kingdom was established. And I think believers, every everyday believer was equipped that they can do this. And so I'm just really glad that Daniel, you pulled the trigger by... uh, Bringing everybody together, and I do believe that it was divine. The Holy Spirit was really behind this because for most of us to get us into one room it 's very difficult because of our schedule, so the fact that everything lined up, and then, after about you know six of you guys decided to say yes, everybody else was just saying yes because they didn 't want to miss out <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, <laughs> and so and i 'm just really glad I was really impacted honestly on Sunday morning. I was at the other church on Sunday morning, and thank you, Daniel, for giving me the permission to do that. I just got a testimony as we were going live. I had a word of knowledge that somebody had a motorcycle accident. turns out this person had broken pieces of the bones and actually missing bones. He just got confirmed by the doctor today. He came to his church. The bones supernaturally grew and completely restored and so so the pastor messaged me he's like you won't believe it this is like creative miracle and i do see the grace of god uh not just on deliverance but healing the prophetic that was released and and people getting saved people bringing demonic objects and cigarettes and witchcraft stuff on the stage and it was just incredible and i'm just so overjoyed with what the lord has done i wanted to say this
7: too what people didn't know and i want to let y'all guys know and everybody watching that was there there was there was an infused kids room and I've yes. gotten I've gotten videos where the kids were delivering each other Come on. from demons, and they ah. were being filled with the Holy Spirit. I have literal videos of kids casting demons out of one another mm. in their room. We didn't even realize what was going on over there. It was wild what they were doing. Wow. That's you know,
4: incredible. You know, I want to say, and I want to give you honor for setting everything up the way that you did, because I, I witnessed that. And one of the most powerful moments of the conference for me personally was, um, you know, you guys had a cover. I think Rickard was on stage going absolutely buck wild crazy, mass deliverance demons coming coming out everywhere, and so then I see you know Pastor Vlad's casting out demons, so I thought to myself, the whole front's covered, and they're like air raiding this place from the <laughs> from the mic, so I'm gonna go disperse into the crowd, and I stumbled upon this eight year old boy I mean he was fully demonized and it wasn't psychosomatic it wasn't something that he was just emulating because he saw it in the room i mean it was a legitimate he needed deliverance and these demons were shouting at his mom we're coming for you next we're coming for you next
6: wow and
4: so then i walk up and everyone's like it's pastor mike pastor mike take over i'm like oh here we go lord i'm doing this in front of a live audience But, um, you know, I'm not going to lie. It was a difficult deliverance and there was a lot there, but there came this moment where I brought the boy back and I said, where's your dad? And he said, my dad's in prison. Wow. And I turned to the mom and I said, is that true? Is your dad in prison or is his dad in prison? And she said, yes. And I just started dealing with that orphan spirit. And as soon as that broke, Mm -hmm. this little eight-year-old boy, he just hunched over and started to cough and then he started vomiting and then everything, I mean, every spirit came out and then he came back up and immediately said, I feel so good. I feel so much better. The whole place erupted and it was just such a powerful moment. And so seeing every generation get free, even as a pastor, and I want to speak prophetically as a pastor, it's like the movement that because we're in that era we are in the deliverance revival era we're in the deliverance church era i mean it happened from the conference till now it redefines kids kids ministry now come Mm -hmm. on it Mm -hmm. redefines youth ministry and so i I believe within the next 18 months much of what we've had in america for the last several years will be completely irrelevant and it's Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily pentecostals or charismatics that are driving this it's, it's people who are bound and they're in captivity saying, we want freedom. We're driving Come on. this.
0: Come on. I, there was Come on. a lady, just as you said, that was at the altar during the mass deliverance. And she was like probably in her, I think she said she was like 85 or 87. She's probably watching this, but she's in her late 80s. And she came up to me. She was the sweetest little old lady. She was just watching everybody screaming, getting delivered. She said, I've been in church for 70 years. 70! 70 years and I've never wow. seen anything like this. And then what she told me was, I always knew that this was in the Bible, but I just never saw it before. I mean, think about that guy, 70 years in church and sh- that yeah. was our first time ever seeing deliverance. And once you experience it, and let's, let's all be clear about something. These events are not just to get people delivered, because some people say, you guys, every time you're going getting delivered again and again. No, we are mobilizing an unstoppable army in the last mm-hmm. days that's going to violently assault, assault the gates of hell. We're not just doing these events to come get delivered again and again. We are mobilizing people to go out and make disciples and do the things that Jesus did. And so people are leaving these events, yes, free. But there's many people that come that don't even need deliverance but they're getting equipped they're getting trained and they're they're getting practicing they're getting to do deliverance get encouraged meet other christians and then go out like arrows i really saw that at the conference like god was launching these arrows all over the world i met a guy from seoul korea i met people from europe i met someone from Colombia that was there i met someone from mexico i was meeting people from all over the world that were like i'm bringing this back to my country i know daniel you probably know more than me People from all over the world were like, I'm going to bring this thing back to my country. And so, man... That was so wild. I just want to share one quick testimony. When we were at the hotel, some of you guys saw the video I posted, that young kid, because a lot of these people are coming out of new age and they're coming out of the occult and they're just getting saved. So even tonight as we teach and do Q&A, we all think like everybody knows this, but there's a lot of new people watching that just got saved. And this young kid was in VR, which if you don't know, that's the virtual reality, the headset. He was in virtual reality and he was doing stuff I can't mention over a microphone. He was living a trans lifestyle, was part of the alphabet community. And somebody came up to him in virtual reality shared the gospel with them told us about our demon slayer videos he ended up getting saved in vr turning his life to christ watching the videos this is four months ago so he's in jacksonville florida he finds out about the event on the last day drives from jacksonville florida to the event says god if you're if it's your will let me share my testimony with the guys well all of us guys at like one in the morning we're at the hotel And this guy shows up screaming we're like why is this guy yelling he's like i just told god if he would allow me to share my testimony with you guys and you're here you're at this hotel i didn't even know you were here shares his testimony and then Guys, we won't go into this tonight, but we'll talk another day about this. He starts showing us videos of them doing deliverance in the metaverse, in VR, in VR chat. And they're in virtual reality ministering to people. He said he spent over 400 hours in the last four months ministering to people, doing deliverance in virtual reality Mm -hmm. and casting out demons in virtual reality. Like people are getting free and delivered and God is using these things. So these are the type of people that are coming that are, I've only been saved two months. I met a girl there, new age. I was in the new age heavy I was doing all this stuff out of YouTube channel and I got saved two months ago and found your guys' videos and now I'm serving God and now I'm here two months out of the new age out of the occult and just on fire for God and so it's just been absolutely amazing what God is doing at these events um it's just been super awesome so let's jump into now the Q&A this will be the one I guess we can go quick maybe we'll go like 30 seconds a minute each this will be the only question that we all answer and then the rest it'll just be whoever feels led to answer we'll kind of just talk and dialogue here but the first question that came Came in was how did you get into deliverance ministry so i guess we can i mean we could probably answer this pretty quick let's go uh, like we did the intros from pagani over to how we got into deliverance ministry go for it pagani
1: okay i got into the deliverance ministry for two reasons one i was a pastor and i was bound by pornography number two most of the men in my church were also bound by pornography and at the time i didn't believe that a, a holy spirit filled christian can be demonized Uh, And have a demon living on the inside But when you're desperate Your theology changes a little bit So I became so desperate For my own personal freedom And for the freedom of those that I was pastoring That I actually told God this God, I don't believe in this deliverance stuff I don't even think it's doctrinally sound but all I know is, is that I'm their pastor and my primary focus for me is to help them get free. So Come if on. this is you, I'm willing to try it. You're just going to have to bypass, you know, my theological tangents that I'm, I'm trapped in and entanglements and help me get free and help me get them free. And I ended up getting free first and then it just kind of spread to, uh, to my leadership and then it just kind of broke out all over the church and then from the Bronx it spread all over uh, to New York City and then like here we are. So um, I got into it because I got free and then my life's purpose was to help others get free as I got free. So good. So the way that I got into deliverance ministry was I got
0: radically saved and I started looking at the Bible and going like, Hey, wait, I think we could do this stuff. Like the Bible says this was before like any religious person was able to get a hold of me and tell me that you can't do the stuff. The Bible says you can do. So I read it and was like, we could do this. And then days later we were having a prayer meeting and some friend brought his, like, I think it was his aunt or someone that was like in prostitution. And so we, we didn't know we were just praying. And she just started screaming, growling. And I'm like, what is going on i was only saved a few days and she was on the ground just screaming so again guys remember i didn't know i've never seen a deliverance i don't know what to do i just was like the holy spirit's like start commanding it to leave her so i thought and this is laughable i've shared this before i thought demons were like literally in people and they had to like you could like see them and they had to like literally come out of them so i kid you not don't try this at home i was only saved like four or five days so don't, i don't recommend this i got on top of the lady like straddling her like on i'm on top of her and i'm like come out of her i could see you in there i'm li- like getting on top of her i thought i was gonna be able to see the demon in her so i had her open her mouth i was like open your mouth and i was like looking down trying to see like if i could see the demon in there and i'm screaming i'm literally straddling on top of this lady everyone's like no doesn't know what to do she's screaming like get off of me you can't have me leave me alone and i'm like oh that's the demon talking right it was probably her but i was like it's the demon talking so We ended up just doing deliverance on her. Didn't know how. My uncle's like, okay, Isaiah, you got to get off her. I was like choking her. It was all bad. So we ended up finally praying and praying and praying and just commanding it to leave, commanding it to leave. And then that opened up my eyes to, oh, wait a minute. This is real. So then I had all my party friends, my unsafe friends coming over for prayer. And they just started manifesting. They'd be slithering around on the ground or growling or screaming. And so then I was like, well, it says in the Bible we could do this. And so let's just do it. And we just started, that was uh, 12 years ago, 2011, we just started doing it. And uh, it's been an incredible time now doing deliverance. Well, it'll be 12 years in January, 11 years, but 12 in January. It's been an amazing time casting out demons. Jenny Weaver, how did you get into deliverance ministry?
2: The first time that I experienced deliverance ministry, I was locked up in jail. I'd been in there for a couple months and um, I was on my bunk and I was singing Amazing Grace. And um, all the ladies started to crowd into the room. And, uh, normally the, the guards, they would not allow that many women to be in someone's bunk. It's just, it's, it gets chaotic. And I remember we were packed in there like shoulder to shoulder. The, I mean, it was the spirit of God that was drawing these women. Mind you, I was just fresh off the streets and I, I was just getting my life together. Literally said the prayer on my bunk and was like, Jesus, I need you like, help me. And next thing I know, I'm hearing screaming and demons manifesting Come all on. over and me and this. 60-year-old old, old white lady that was in there bless her heart if you if you're on here if you can you like reach out to me I've been trying to find you uh she's like we need to pray and we're going up to people and, and I'm like there's vomit there's stuff and we're just all we knew almost like instinctively come out in the name of Jesus come, come out in the name of Jesus and I'm shocked that the guards did not shut us down women were screaming stuff was it was just Unbelievable. That was my first experience. Still didn't know that a Christian could have a demon. And so fast forward, I get saved and sanctified and I've got my prayer language. I'm all over the church as a worship leader for years and totally demonized.
7: Totally
2: demonized. And I didn't know that and the the lady said would you like to come to a deliverance service and I went to the deliverance service and I was like I can't wait to see this, this is going to be fun and never thought in a million years that I could have a demon cuz I had my prayer language and I was come the worship leader, and ain't nobody was going to tell me I had a demon sure oh, enough did have a whole bunch of demons and for 2 hours went through deliverance like I was watching a movie and well I I couldn't I, I I'm looking at it. I'm looking at my body. I'm hearing voices come out of my own vocal cords that were not mine. I started taking my fingernails, trying to cut my own skin, flesh, back open. All these men, I'm 125 pounds, soaking wet. Literally, I'm tiny, grown, big men holding me down as I'm trying to climb the wall backwards. So after two hours, I was finally able, my jaw unclenched. I I couldn't say Jesus the whole time. I was trying. I had been singing Jesus For three years on the platform, never manifested. And I finally said, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus." I felt everything lift, everything leave. I felt like a totally different person and I got set free. And from that point on, I've been just set on fire to see other people delivered.
0: Come on. So good. Julie Lopez, how did you get involved into deliverance ministry?
3: So in my case, I believe it was a process because when I became Christian, I had a supernatural encounter with the love of God. So that was my first encounter, but I was still being chased by this spirit guide that I was consecrated to. So I was experiencing, even though I was a Christian, even though I faced and I encountered the love of God, I was still this spirit guy was chasing me, touching me. I used to feel like fear in the middle of the night to the point that this spirit guy came asking for permission to my husband when I married him, even as a Christian. So I entered into a process of deliverance. So that was the moment when me and my mom, we realized we need deliverance. There's something called deliverance. How do we break the legal right for this spirit guy to stop chasing you? And that's when my mom, me and my mom entered into a process of breaking generational courses breaking witchcraft breaking the decrease and so this spirit guy left and then i enter into the process of deliverance in different areas in my life because i always say deliverance is daily deliverance is not just a one prayer we need to analyze our life as a whole and see where do we need deliverance in our life so i enter into like 10 years of deliverance intimacy with the holy spirit and i i because since I became Christian, I always have the thought of, Lord, I want to go against darkness. They killed my dad. Look what they did. So I want to go against them. But the Lord told me, no, you are. Go-. Because by that point, I was reading a book of demonology. I was learning and the Holy Spirit told me, close that book. Because right now you are going to focus in building my rela- my uh, uh, your relationship with me. So that's wow. what I did throughout this process until one day, with a prophecy someone prophesied to me about the deliverance anointing and I knew I was just waiting for the perfect time and then um and then I found you Asaya and I was like okay Lord what do I do I don't know about deliverance so I put my name my website on your deliverance map and people started to contact me so for eight months I was doing deliverance every single day for four to five hours I didn't know how to do it and then after eight months I was frustrated. I was like, Holy Spirit, you need to give me a strategy. I want to reach more people. More people need to be set free. So I believe that throughout those eight months I was doing deliverance but I was also being trained. Then the Holy Spirit told me, open a deliverance, a, a mentorship platform. So that was last year, one year ago. I opened it and in four months we have over 2,000 people. Come I was doing lives every week and that's when I just started to say like, Lord, like deliverance is the children's bread. Deliverance is not a ministry but an authority and each one of us can step into that deliverance anointed but i believe that also the lord is bringing order because things in the church have been disorganized and i believe that one of the things that the lord is bringing into the deliverance and the prophetic is order so that's how i started here
0: so good and by the way julie has Julie has one of the strongest testimonies you've ever heard. I have, she has several videos on YouTube, but I also have her video on my channel and it is just her testimony. You can type in her name on YouTube is so strong and we're so glad that you're here, Julie Lopez. We honor you and eight months guys, every day. I didn't even know when I reached out to her that she was on the deliverance map. She's like, I've been on your map and I've been watching your stuff. And I saw her testimony on somebody else's page, invited her to, to be on the show and it's just been amazing what God is doing, watching you, Julie, we're cheering you on all of us here. I can tell you right now, we're cheering you on to see Columbia on fire for God delivered and walking the power of God. So we just appreciate you, Julie. All right, pastor Mike, what's going on, man? How did you, how did you get into deliverance ministry?
4: This is so good, by the way, you know, I think everybody has the same story where you don't find deliverance, deliverance finds you. Come on. Wow. That's
6: good. Come on. You know what I mean?
4: I love that. But here's the thing. So in the late 90s, some of y'all were like little fetuses back then, (laughs) like you were. But in in the late 90s, I was a young leader in a church in the hood in South Chicago. I had a single mom with five kids on welfare, had come through multiple abusive stepdads, a lot of trauma in my home. And we were just faithfully attending a a small uh, Spanish Pentecostal church in South Chicago. And we got a big influx of people from Puerto Rico and they all had been heavily involved in witchcraft. And so I'm praying for people just like as, as a young leader and they start manifesting and obviously nobody knew what to do. And it was like one of those, like, is the demon going to come out of them and go into this other person? (laughs) Do we send all the kids out of the room, you know, like old school. (laughs) And so we start looking for who's in Chicago that can train us. And I find this young minister at the time, and his name was Apostle John Eckhart. And he has a church in Chicago, and he actually comes in with his team and trains me and my team. And I'll never forget, it was hilarious because when Which they Which you'll probably in, watch
0: this, by the way. So shout out to him because that's crazy, the fruit that remains.
4: Yeah, yeah I've hit him up and t- I told him this story because— you know, when they came in, it was like, I'm I'm still in my teens and they were like, Who's the leader? I'm like, Me. And they're like, No, seriously, who is <laughs> the leader? I'm like, Me. I was just so hungry, you know, at that, uh-huh. at that point. And so, anyways, um, they equipped and trained. Now, as Apostle John Eckhart became a prolific writer from that point on to see his ministry flourish. I realized more and more that God had done something very special in my life by enabling me to be, uh, you know, specifically trained in the early days of his ministry. And now that I'm the age that he was when he trained me, it's this surreal, like full circle generational shift, you know, Um, but but anyway, so we started casting out demons and. Then all of a sudden it became fun and we're like, man, we could mop the floor with the devil. Like we have authority, you know, we, it was one of those moments. And so then from that point on, clear through my twenties and thirties, I did deliverance, but it was one of those things where the kingdom in the wild is so pure, but then when you bring it into religion and tradition and you experience people telling you that what you're doing is not right, it could really mm. um, diminish what the Lord is doing, you know? Mm. And it's like, and so my experience was actually taking deliverance into so many churches around the world and then starting to experience persecution and saying, but wait a second, like people are getting free. I, it's almost like I didn't understand it. And it was actually years and years later where I actually started my own church, V1 Church, and said, at this church, deliverance is going to be normal because mm. we're never going to hold it back from people and facing all the persecution. And then Fast forward, I remember during the pandemic, I had never done a deliverance virtually. I never did it online. A hundred percent of my deliverance experience was in the analog real world. And I remember waking up in the pandemic and I'm in New York City, they're loading bodies into refrigerated trucks down the street from my apartment. And um, Apostle Pagani knows what I'm talking about. And I was like, what is the craziest thing I can do? Cause I just wanna be on the offensive, not the defensive. Mm. Wow. And I was like, I'm going to grab my phone today and I'm going to start casting demons out of whoever will jump on my life. And I didn't I had never seen that done before. I I didn't even know that Isaiah Saldivar existed, to be honest with you. I had seen some of Vlad's stuff. I had seen a Pagani, But so anyways, I jump on my phone and I just start casting demons out and it just keeps going viral like every day of the pandemic. And that's when actually Isaiah reached out to me. He was like, bro, I've been watching your stuff on Facebook. Do you want to connect? Do you want to come on my show? Which I didn't realize was going to change my life. And we come did that on. broadcast <laughs> called Digital a Digital Revival, I yeah, think we yeah. called it. And it was all about deliverance. And then it just created this entirely new paradigm of releasing people. And then now since that moment till now, almost 10,000 people have been trained globally to do deliverance and they can't stop us man the movement is rising it's like we got you corner devil come on now
0: I love it and guys we're 500 away from 10,000 so we're about to break our record of 10,000 here so we're going to keep sharing it and posting it and yeah Mike that was our our first date was that podcast man that's whenever we all we all got (laughs) together and it's been love ever since all right Vlad go ahead how did how did Vlad Sapchuk get involved in deliverance ministry
5: well it was my pastor so my pastor grew up in ukraine as a missionary and when he started the church at a uh, year about 2000 i was 13 years of age and i come from a very strong pentecostal more like a united uh, uh in america's like i think a uh, apostolic pentecostal so mm-hmm. like no head cover uh, head coverings no makeup very very strict and so my mm-hmm. uncle who is my pastor he was taking us to Bob Larson's seminars. That's like in 2000, 2001, 2003, and um, and I mean, it it scared me. It was scary. Uh, but he pretty much let me drink water from the fire hose from the beginning. Come on, um, not much explanation. Our first church conference, which was about 20 years ago, uh, we we gathered maybe like 300 or something people. My pastor opens the church conference by playing three. <laughs> videos of Bob Larson's demon interrogation so no worship nothing we just start with three videos one back I mean I saw parents hiding their children (laughs) taking their children out I mean we were embarrassed because we're like what will our friends think about us and our pastor cared very little about what people thought about him and stuff so and then when it was later but honestly the first deliverance that I've seen on somebody that was Uh, around 17 when a guy that got saved and then I've watched enough from Bob Larson to know that you know, you have to break curses and uh, close open doors if you were involved in witchcraft. So I led him through that and he experienced full-blown manifestation and then I find out that next day he was actually uh, supernaturally healed even though we were not praying for healing but when the demon left he was also healed. But deliverances were not consistent until my and again it was my pastor who found TB Joshua on some channel he was watching him for a year he did a 40-day fast went to TB Joshua he received the prophetic word and then some six months later we took a group from our church there a lot of our group experienced deliverance and TB Joshua gave us this thing called anointing water now talk about deliverance is controversial we went super (laughs) ultra hyper controversial because we prayed for people with water I mean, Come on. we were labeled as every negative thing that you could think of. And so what it did, we did four years prayerful deliverance with TB Joshua's anointing water. So we, we pretty much became the black sheep in the Slavic community very quickly. But everybody knew that if you have a demon, that's where you go and stuff. So, But <laughs> if you don't have a demon, this is who you criticize. And so, Wow, um, that's a word. And it did, and it did two things word. for us. One is it stiffened our ne- our spine because I realized at that time I didn't understand it that ministry of deliverance is not possible if you're busy pleasing people wow. and so that we were pretty much right away thrown being rejected by a lot of people so that stiffened our, our spine and secondly honestly we got a really good experience with that so four years of doing that with water and then T.B.